Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello and welcome to Football News. We really need a better title for this. Please, if you've got any ideas... The comments, please. Yeah. The best we've got is 4-4 news at the minute, and <laughs> we're not using <laughs> no, that. We're not using that. Uh, I'm Adam Wilborn from What Culture, joined by Adam Cleary and Adam Nicholas from What Culture to discuss all of today's big footballing news stories. And let's dive straight into it with the uh, the saga that continues at Newcastle oh. United. We wanted to start this on a positive note, uh. and this is where we've begun. Yeah. Look, this is a lot of Newcastle. Can we start with a Cashelny story? We'll just come back to this. Because everybody, <laughs> anybody who's watching the channels just watched like 20 yeah. minutes of Newcastle. In the interest of that and our hearts, let's do something even, else first. We've not even touched on Notts County yet. So <laughs> <laughs> let's, key, yeah, let's, let's hold, demographics stick a pin in that because there's some rumoured breaking news around Newcastle. We'll get to that in a second because uh, it's been announced or been revealed uh, by BBC Sport that Arsenal captain Lauren Koscielny has refused to travel on the club's pre-season tour of the US. Of course, uh, the 33-year-old French defender is out of contract at the end of next season and is a target for the likes of Bordeaux, Rennes. And Lee, I don't know why I attempted the guy. Bordeaux, Guillaume. But this is, uh, I mean, this is kind of a microcosm of what we're seeing with quite a few players who are want away. There's a lot of this this summer already. Yeah. Like uh, Neymar refused to turn up for PSG's training. Griezmann's not going on the preseason tour with Atletico now. Koscielny's not going on the preseason tour with Arsenal. None of the people who have done this have got their way yet. So I don't no. really see what precedent's being set by by this kind of like lack of professionalism. Um, it's a weird one, Koscielny, like because there's never been any real talk about him being unhappy at mm. the club. And as soon as if he does want to go, then there's no they can't just they can just fly him back very easily. So unless the club have sat him down and said, "Look, we're not going to sell you this year. We'd rather you went for free at the end of the season than you know we got like a partly sum for you this season." And it's just him trying to make a protest of it. I don't know. Yeah, you can sort of understand his frustrations. Mm-hmm. It does feel like any time there's a, a decent squad being built around him, they lose some key players or they just have been a bit. Well, Arsenal in recent <laughs> years. Um, this is a crucial summer for Arsenal, isn't it? Because they've they've had that well that period of transition mm-hmm. under the new manager, and it feels like they should be pushing on, having made the Europa League final last year, mm-hmm. and that doesn't seem to be happening. I feel like a lot of people said last year that you'd have to give Emery at least a season because he didn't mm-hmm. really have the time to buy in the players he wanted to buy in properly. He didn't get a chance to really make the club his own. It's a, it's a short period of time. He's mm-hmm. done a given the fact they got the final last year and it wasn't the worst season it's a hard league the Premier League at mm-hmm. the end of the day especially if you're Arsenal these days they but certainly weren't out of touch with the top no, four at any point no. it wasn't like they were clawing their way up they were mm-hmm. in that top four for a long period dropped in dropped out and then by the end of the season they just didn't have the legs to get it I agree mm-hmm. it's a 
I mean, you, you sort of think every summer is a crucial summer for any of the big clubs, yeah. don't you? But this does feel particularly like, you know, he'd had his season, he'd got a couple of the players in, mm. if he was going to do it, he had to do it this year. And he's got that fantastic pairing of Lacazette, yeah. Lacazette and Aubameyang, and you think... That's your base, isn't it? You build around that. You've got this decent squad coming together. Mm. Granted, they've obviously lost Petr Cech, but yeah. it, it just doesn't feel like they had a plan where, it, you know, say at the start of June, for example, you allow people to go away, and at the start of June, you go, right, these are the players we really need to get mm. in, and these are the areas of the team that they need to strengthen. And it kind of appears that this might have been a reaction to something like that. I think it, this is sort of feels very formulaic of Arsenal, doesn't it? Where we just start to think maybe a couple of pieces are setting, and then all of a sudden, usually it's one, or but usually it's a key player at mm-hmm. this point. So whether or not there's still plenty of time left, and also we're focusing on these guys, but I just feel like just before they get a rhythm perfectly settled, usually just before the start of the season, yes. probably something big will happen that might shift it out of the way. I think it's just we saw stories yesterday that they maybe can't even afford Wilfred Zaha. We'd mm. seen some like absurd figures during the rounds, absurdly low in the case of like thirty million, which would have got you him when in two thousand six. Maybe an absurdly yeah. high, like Crystal Palace wanted a hundred million, million for him. And I think if it's getting to the stage where they've obviously potentially told Koscielny, we can't let you go this season because mm. you know getting a replacement to play as many games as you is beyond our budget. That does kind of speak to those stories that maybe the money isn't there mm-hmm. for them this year. Because if Koscielny is indispensable at 33 and having had a fairly bad few seasons well. of injury, mm. you know, mm. you'd think that's the kind of area they'd be looking to replace. But if they've not got the money for it, then they can't let him go. Exactly. Right, let's let's move on to Newcastle as much as we want to put it off. <sighs> uh, don't want to. I don't want to play. More news coming yes. out about them potentially <laughs> uh, approaching Sam Allardyce to return as the club's manager. Right, so we did this. Sam. We did this yesterday, right? And it was like, what can they do? How have they got it so spectacularly wrong? And we used Steve Bruce as the photo because it was just stupid. Like, oh, I'll get a couple of people clicking. I'll get a few curiosity clicks. Mm-hmm. Putting Steve Bruce in the like Steve Bruce is going to go to Newcastle, and possibly by the time this goes out, yeah. he'll have been unveiled as their manager. He's going to cost. Reports are somewhere, reports are everything between three million and six million mm. to get him out of a contract, which is, if it's six, that's three times the pay rise Rafa was asking for. He wanted a two million pay rise, couldn't do that. Um, they were scouring the continent for these exciting young European managers. It's not how I would describe uh, <laughs> noted novelist and chip shot botherer Steve Bruce. Did get weird on the way to doing that, presumably? And Quite possibly, yeah. Maybe she used to think, they might think Sheffield's in like <laughs> continental Italy or something. He was just happened to be in the services yeah, that they were stopping at. the airport at. just before they started doing the flight. thing is, it's not. he's not even <clears throat> one of those steady pair of hands managers. Because if you look at his track record, he's either resigned or been sacked from a litany of just underwhelming underperforming clubs like Sheffield Wednesday weren't exactly pulling up trees mm. lots you know, of with relegations man lots oh. of relegations lots of scraps lots of promotions so he might come in Andy next season I but off the back usually have a relegation, I have a relegation. <laughs> don't get me wrong I, I think he's probably a thoroughly lovely bloke mm. and he knows what he's letting himself in for mm. you know he's allegedly a big fan and you're Castle United but you know I don't think you take the Sunderland job and cry about getting beat 5-1 no. if you're, the, if you're no. a big Newcastle fan and you know I wonder who he, th- who he wanted to win the league when he was playing for Man United in like 95 I don't know how much of a Newcastle fan he was then. Like, it's just nah. It's nah, just such me, an. Like... It's just, it's the annoying thing is how quickly it's happened as well. Yeah. Like it took m- months of dragging their feet over Rafa. This takeover has been going on for two months. But when they actually want to go and do something, mm. two days, two days in, and he's going to be unveiled. They think before the weekend. I just feel like my whole world's falling apart in Newcastle again. This is like a. And it's kind of why I end up taking little stints away because it's just <laughs> your heart gets so hit. How can you not, but, yeah? It, but I think watching it unfold as quickly as it has in terms of 
The takeover, it's just floating around in the background somewhere. Mm. We don't know what's really going on. Rafa, obviously gone. Perez, gone. Man United looking at Longstaff. Or like, mm. It's just... Rondon, obviously. Rondon, Rondon off to join Rafa. And it, it, honestly, at the minute, it's just... It's bad news after bad news after bad news. And I don't really see... But, like, Steve Bruce, to me, man, he's not the knight in shining armour I need. And I get the need. Somebody probably helped tie the club over for this little period where things are going to be in change. And maybe when the takeover happens that person might end up being surplus to requirements anyway. Maybe that's the thing. I don't know, but it's just, it's just bizarre. It's, bad, it's, bad it's reading, money man. they're going to have to spend as well because if they are serious about staying up, they've lost their two top goal mm-hmm. scorers. You know, you're going to spend... I mean, how much does it cost you to replace two proven goal scorers in the Premier League mm. now? 40 million each? Yeah, easy. You know what I mean? And the money they're going to have to spend purely to get back to where they were at the end of the last mm. season is money they were just never happy to give to Rafa. So if they do give Bruce this war chest that's going to be required to stay up, then this is just a complete repeat of the McLaren, yeah, McLaren situation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, Throwing God. money at someone who doesn't know how to spend it mm. when, oh, it's as just, a, as just, a panic, just... As a panic resort, instead of just using the thing you had and making it work. Just just think about what no. Steve Bruce is going to bring out from Almiron, though. Uh, right, let's move on to the third news story of today and a report that's come Pie out. Pie and mash, Good probably. Course. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I'd be putting it in. No way pulling it out of them. <laughs> the report uh, has come out that almost. What, t- uh, Steve, honestly, Steve Bruce will walk up the first day of training and take one look at Almiron and go, oh, women's team's quite, quite handy, aren't they? <laughs> Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Almost two-thirds of fans of English football league clubs want VAR and goal line technology introduced according to a survey. Oh, sorry, sorry, you've misread that. Sorry, you've misread that. It actually says almost two-thirds of fans of English football league clubs are cops and grasses. So, there you go. Is that, yeah. Yeah, um, this survey of nearly 28,000 supporters... Can't confirm. Can't confirm, yeah. ...has said uh, that they want to use a VAR goal line technology. There's been a lot of discussion about it recently. Obviously, it's been brought in more and more across competitions. Uh, Obviously, it's been used uh, in championship matches for two seasons. Mm-hmm. Do you think it's going to be something that's going to be brought in a lot more across the board, or do you think there's going to be a, maybe a cut-off point? Because it's difficult to see how it can be utilised, and certainly as a lower league fan myself, mm. a very lower league fan, um, I can't see it being utilised. And almost that's 
not to sound like my dad, that's kind of the beauty of lower league football is the, mis- right. the mistakes yeah. of officials. There is no downside whatsoever to introducing goal line technology at any level of football. Mm, I like agree if, with that one. If the ball is a millimetre over the line, it doesn't matter how it got there or the situation around it. If it's a millimetre over the line, it is a goal. But I think we've seen, certainly at the Women's World Cup, that VAR, when not executed well, is the worst thing about football. It was great at the Men's World Cup because a lot of the referees who've been at the Men's World Cup had had a season to use it. Mm. A lot of them had come from leagues that had already instigated it. Mm. They had experience of it. They knew when to use it, when not to use it. But I think as we saw there, when you throw referees in at the deep end with it, these big matches, these pivotal games are on television and they've never used it before, it slows down the games. Mm. It gets used when it shouldn't. Mm. It, some of the decisions go... Like some of the handballs in that, they hit the hand, sure. But just... Mm. It takes the human element out of it completely. Almost like it also kind of reveals what you're saying there about the referees who perhaps aren't maybe as skilled or perhaps maybe less experienced is probably Mm. a better way to put it in these areas. Like it maybe highlights areas that they need to improve themselves that perhaps they've kind of been able to not coast along but haven't exactly been highlighted before and then you get them in a situation where they're giving away or giving away a handball for what is clearly maybe it's an accidental thing and it's been proved using a camera and we've got that result in the it's, wrong way. It's, 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 it's a, some sort of middle ground has got to be reached, hasn't it? Because I know they've talked, obviously, with it being brought into the Premier League about them saying, well, they've been practising with it a lot and, and they're a lot more used to it. And obviously, they're a lot more experienced uh, at the higher level, the mm. Premier League referees, or so we think, at least. Um, but it's for me, it's got to be... There's a fine line there between every single decision, not every single decision, but utilising VAR for almost every decision that's questionable Mm. or giving them a little bit of leniency and saying, all right, maybe, yes, the toe is offside, but that's the element of human error that you're bringing into it. I suppose you want it to be... They always say clear and obvious, don't they? They always say clear and obvious, but we talked about this before. Like, a lot of the decisions, especially went against the England women's team, Mm. the toe is offside, and you watch Mm. that and you think, oh, that's ridiculous. That would never have been given an offside back then. But that is the letter of the law. If any part of your body is beyond, even if it is a millimetre, that that counts. But the problem with that is that's boring. That's really, really boring. But you can't just say, like, oh, the people in the studio with the VAR set, they should judge whether or not there's enough mm. in it. Because where is it? Is it five millimeters then? Is it 10 millimeters? Like, if you start, once you start getting down to these margins that can be accurately measured for these things, where do you draw the line? Mm. Daylight? Mm. How do you define daylight? What if it's just daylight between the knee? What if it's daylight between, like, there's a crook in the arm or something? Daylight like, just, between the toes, yeah. Just VAR is bad and is for cops and grasses. That's that's all there is to it. <laughs> so, yeah, goal line technology. Goal line technology is a matter of fact. Yeah. I don't know you see. I kind of sit on the other thing. I sit with the cops on this one, right? The <laughs> VAR is me and me cop pals. Because I feel like if you can refine it to the point, like you're saying there, where you can use it, but people know how to use it, have been trained how to use it. We have... Clear and defined rules, obviously more more rules on top of rules that we've got, but clear and defined rules to just specify. So, so that can be, that has to to be to, to aware that there is no error, mm. is essentially what they're trying to achieve. It's difficult, and I think it would require margins, as you say, for example, the offside thing, if you get a threshold. Mm. Of, like when you go over the speed limit by yep. 10% or whatever, that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. If they can manage to get that and they can figure out the way they just iron out the creases, I think it could be really good. I'd, let's be honest, that world, the World Cup, the men's World Cup, like we were all oh, VAR was high banter. because it was, but but the drama when, that the it was moment, adding and it, the things that it was adding to the game that people thought mm. were getting taken out. And I have to say, even watching the women's, especially the England uh, in the semi in the semis, mm-hmm. uh, like watching that match, we saw both sides of the coin in that match where you, the wait around for was going to be a penalty, where we're going to get the penalty, and obviously the goal that got disallowed for being offside. Like it's both sides of the coin, but I wouldn't argue against having VAR. No, I, I think England fans universally agreed that in the moment it knocked out Germany from the World Cup last year, we liked <sighs> VAR. 
possibly my favourite moment of all time, that. Yeah. But it's, it's a question mark over it. I feel like this is a discussion that we can go on and on. Oh, we it's be, it's yes. We'll yeah, have to yeah, do yeah. a roundtable about the, the, this. The, the headline here is not VAR. The headline here is that football two-thirds of Football League fans yeah. are weirdos. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Uh, and from one difficult discussion to another with uh, Megan Rapinoe uh, demanding equal pay yet again uh, as part of the celebration for the, uh, of course, Women's US Soccer Team winning the Women's World Cup. They yep. had a, a ceremony recently mm-hmm. uh, over in the States and she repeated this uh, claim that she wants equal pay for their, quote, badass team. Now, no question marks on whether or not their team is badass. Where do you see this going forward with equal pay? Well, it's dead easy, this. It's international football that's paid for by the federations. Yeah. It's not like a free market economy like you have in club football because it's Man City uh, women's team are fantastic. They're one of the best women's mm-hmm. sides in the world. But the way where the women's game is now, it's absurd to suggest they should be getting paid what the men's team are purely because... You know, the TV rights, you know, it's just where the money comes from. It doesn't make sense. It's what you'd like to aim for. Sure, but it's not where it is now. But this is international football. Federations pay for it. It doesn't, it's, they're not businesses. They're not, they get their money from yeah. the state. It doesn't matter one bit how they divide that money up. So, of course, they should be getting equal pay. 20, 20, 28 million people in the UK watched the Women's World Cup. Mm-hmm. The I, final had like, it sold out the Parc de Prance mm-hmm. pretty much. Like, it's, you can't make the argument that nobody's interested in it because clearly are. <laughs> yeah. people are. It's a very old-fashioned argument, especially because I, I think I heard when I was listening to the, the um, final that the women's uh, US national team sells more shirts I wouldn't surprise than the men's. Mm. Yeah. By, by, a, by a long distance. The I US think... men's national team are corporate. <laughs> Rubbish. What, what do you think about all this? I think it's it's amazing that we're still having to have this yeah. conversation, I think. I mean, I can understand, especially the club-level stuff, that makes sense. TV rights are big factors. There's lots of other other parts mm. to play in the, those wages that uh, teams get and the money the clubs get. But at international level, man, like, it, it can't be that hard. I'm, I'm sorry, but it just can't be. like. And as you say, name me the achievements that the American men's team have achieved compared to the ones mm. that the women's team have done in the last 10 years. That no comparison. It's Absolutely the argument no you always comparison. get though, like, oh well, you, know, you can't start giving like Tony Duggan the same money as Sergio Aguero. Well, of course you can't. Like it, that's no. they're different sports at the minute entirely. Mm. But like, imagine being bothered about how much <laughs> money international footballers get. It's not. Don't me wrong. If Man City turned around tomorrow and said we're gonna pay the men and women equally, all of a sudden they'd have to massively cut the men's wages to mm. balance out. It means they wouldn't be able to compete to buy the kind of players they want. It's a bad business decision. This isn't a business. No. no. This is literally no. state money. I can't, people, how people get wound up, oh, they should be getting that much. Like, imagine being asked. Just give them half the money. Mm. It's, I don't it's meant to be an honour to play for your country yeah. anyway, so why, why does it matter if the men are getting paid less? Surely the majority of the players who are in, the, if you're in national team, if mm. you're playing for a national team, you must be pretty good. Yeah. You must be a decent level. So yeah, they might not get the huge wages as much as the teams they're playing for. They're not going to be earning no money at all, are they? It's not like no. they make or break. I can get it if it's these smaller nations where they've barely got any money, mm. but like, this is America. Yeah. Like, this is America. <laughs> I don't know, have you got the stats there? I'm sure it's like the, the men's team got half a million for the last World Cup mm. and the women's team are getting 90,000. Wow. Something like that. And they, won, that. and they won again, they're getting 90,000. Yeah. So, so, so let's, uh, let's say it. I'm curious, just, just to clarify, who's, who, who's determining that fee? Like, just, that's just the, feder- the federation. It's based on like their performances. The men get half a million and it's going to be 90,000. So let's, let's say they've got $600,000 for this. Yes. Just give $300,000 yeah. to women, yeah. give $300,000 to mm. the men. And if you're annoyed about it, then why don't you demand that the clubs that your precious men's footballers play for just make up the difference? And yeah. I, I certainly would argue there's more megastars in that women's US national team. I could probably name more of the w- yeah. women's team than I could the men's team. Yeah, certainly Didn't right you? now I could. Yeah. Yeah. Like, is Brian McBride still playing? <laughs> <laughs> uh, right, Claudio Reyna, Brad Friedel. Uh, Landon Donovan. Landon Donovan, Clint hey. Dempsey. Yeah. 
Who's the one whose dad managed it? Bob, Bob Bradley. Son. Bob Bradley. Yedlin's in there because I know he plays for Newcastle. Oh, yeah, but I could probably name you the starting 11 for the women. Is, he, is his dog yeah. in the team yet or not? Yeah, the Simba. No, yeah, Simba's not, yet, not, not in. Yet. Not yet. Uh, final news story. He's got, he's got him with a shout of the way they're playing. Final news story. We need a new striker anyway at the tune, to be fair. Oh. Oh. Today, uh, centres around Barcelona, who've just signed England <laughs> under 16 <laughs> striker, under 16 striker, Louis Barry on a three year contract. <laughs> Louis Barry could almost be like an Italian name, couldn't it? Like yes. L U I B A R I. Not the case though. He's born in Birmingham. He's born in Birmingham. In where? Birmingham. Yeah, we go. Uh, he played for West Bromwich Albion. Hello, Lionel. My name's Louis. My name's Louis. Can you show me around yeah, the plaza? He's going to be playing apparently for their under 19s team, uh, and he played for he's played for the Baggies since he was six. But yes, but yes, uh, 16 years old, off to Barcelona. <laughs> Craziness. Hello, sorry, Mr. PK. Could you show me down Las Ramblas, please? I need to buy some fridge magnets. Listen, you may be off to Barcelona to play. But was he getting into the sports car in Newcastle on a night out at 16? <laughs> I don't think he no. was. I don't think Absolutely he was. Do you think we're going to see more of this? Or do you think this is a... What, of Louis Barry? <laughs> not of Louis, <laughs> certainly not of Louis Barry. Look at the... Mentally snipping out the most recent yeah. tournament, which was an absolute disaster, because I think they've still got... Who's in charge? Is it Aidy Boothroyd yes. still? Yeah, mentally snipping that out. England youth sides have been the best in the world, mm-hmm. undeniably, the last three mm-hmm. or four years. You look at like, the success Sancho's had over in Germany, Rhys mm-hmm. Nelson over in Germany, um, Oxford over in uh, wherever he's gone. They're, a lot of them are getting out of England mm. and learning their trade elsewhere. I think we've seen already, like when Sancho's come back to play for the England side, the fact that he's got a bit of bit more footballing education on the continent as opposed to what he would have, whatever he would have got playing for Man City's reserves is fantastic. If they see that as a genuine route for him into the, the Barcelona first team or even if he stays there and he goes out on loan mm. to a couple of Spanish sides that's yeah great that's got to be the worry I mean it's a confidence build that you see like people like Sancho have gone away and they are grafting away and they're getting the play which they're is getting the the games, yeah. getting games they're getting confidence so when they come back he's probably thinking oh, I'm probably not be at the level of English football yet and he comes back and he plays in the England team and he's absolutely class because these guys are actually getting the mm. game they're getting time mm. and they've got the confidence because the managers are like yeah we'll give you a go the one worry for me if, if I was Louis Barry going across there would be how to spend all my money obviously but <laughs> after that worry would be that very getting thing a passport after there. Brexit, yep. Yep, that's the other one. It would be more so actually getting shipped out to a, like a lower league club and maybe just falling down the pet and all that, playing with the quality players that you need to be playing to adapt as a footballer. It's just about managing your career. Like Obviously, we're not saying he's going to go there and walk into the Barcelona team the same no. way Sancho has yeah. with Dortmund, but if he's just going to be sitting in West Brom's youth team in their reserves for the next couple of years, mm-hmm. I'd rather be sat in Barcelona's youth team reserves for the next couple of years. Gonna get, you have to look at the Jack Harper situation. He's going to get to a state. He was at Real Madrid, mm. and you know there was his path to the first team was blocked and blocked and blocked. Transpired he wasn't actually that good. Yeah. And eventually he left saying about 2021 and mm. went into the lower leagues in England. So as long as you know, you're not just going to sit there until you're 23, not getting a kick, you've got to manage your career, right? But Again, if you're going to sit in anybody's youth team, I'd rather sit, I'd rather sit in there. When I was 16, I couldn't have afforded the Barcelona kit, and he's got given one for free. So. That's Give shocking, free. that, isn't it? Every, oh, that. With his name on? Right, let's move on to, Nerd. to today's and finally, I want to show you this footage from social media, which is uh, Orlando City supporters uh, who are running <laughs> to it? the opposite side of the stadium. There was a uh, cup competition in the US uh, between Orlando City and uh, NYCFC. Yeah. Uh, it went to penalties, and they did it at the opposite end of the stadium. So the footage here is the Orlando City supporters running to the opposite end to be behind the goal for the penalties. The good news, Orlando won 5-4. So it worked worked in the end. Right, let us know your thoughts on all of today's news stories in the comments section below or on Twitter at WhatCultureFC. Watch there, you can follow all three of us. You can follow Adam Cleary at... Adam Cleary, C-L-E-R-Y. You can follow Adam Nicholas at... 
It's Adam Nicholas. You can follow me at Adam Wilborn. You can follow us all, as I said, at What Culture FC. And make sure you like, share, and subscribe this video. And subscribe to What Culture Football on either iTunes, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts from for daily reports. Right, mm. this has been the football news for now. TBC. Hey. My thanks to Adam and to Adam. And thank you for watching or listening. And we will see you soon. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.